Welcome back to another episode of Dr. Me First. I am your colleague in medicine, that's right, Dr. Erin Wiseman, family medicine boarded, doing all sorts of crazy fun things. And I am your coach in life, that's right, physician life coach, specifically for us, because it's time that we take care of the healers. And if you don't know yet, I am here to help you move from a place of burnout, brokenness, and despair to one that is joy-filled, sustainable, and that you absolutely freaking love. So I'm so glad that you've joined me for another episode here on the Dr. Me First podcast. My guest today is Dr. Tracy O'Connell. She is a muscular skeletal radiologist. She's an amazing badass, and I'm just so excited to call her friend and colleague and have her as a guest on this podcast. She's got such a rich story to tell us today. I really think you're going to enjoy it. And she's going to talk about enchantment and what that means. All right, well, let's get into this conversation, then stick around afterwards for that kick of encouragement. Here we go. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Tracy O'Connell. It's so great to have you here. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me, Erin. All right. Well, tell all of our lovelies out in podcasting world all about your wonderful self. (laughs) Well, I um, am a radiologist. Uh, I originally went to med school to be a psychiatrist. And then, as can happen, uh, a weird six-week rotation sort of changed my path. Um, and at the time, deciding to do radiology was really the right choice for me. And then I've had sort of mixed feelings off and on over the years about whether that really was the best choice for me as an individual. But I'm, I'm proud of the steps that I've taken along the way to stay true to myself while continuing to do teleradiology now on the side. I was in a private practice for 16 years. I did a musculoskeletal fellowship, so I do general radiology and uh, musculoskeletal imaging. And I've got a really nice work-life balance now, but that was not always the case. Da-da-da! Sounds like something we'll have to get into now. And we met, I think, through the wonderful world of either Facebook or LinkedIn. Is that right? It was Instagram. Oh, Instagram. Oh, I yeah, love Instagram. Because I just, I think I found one of your articles that just, uh, I, I initially didn't even know. I mean, I, what I was looking at, I liked the title. I can't even remember what it was a specific, specific article about, but it, um, it really intrigued me and I felt a sense of community. And then I looked at more of your um, Truth RX and I liked what it stood for and the message that you were trying to convey and just the fact that I wasn't alone in some of my sentiments about medicine. Awesome. Well, good. And yeah, we've been hanging out since then and getting further connected. And I said, hey, you have to come on the podcast because it's so <laughs> fun and exciting and just another opportunity to talk with you. So thank you so much for being here today. And the word that you submitted for us to talk about is enchantment. That's totally off the grid. And I'm excited <laughs> to hear why you picked it and where we're going to go with it. Well, I mean, maybe I picked it because my life was so devoid of it for so long. And then when I found it again, it just seemed like I wondered how I'd ever been getting by without it. Um, 
you know, as everyone knows, radiology is done in black and white and lots and lots of gray and um, spending many, too many hours in the dark um, without a lot of um, interaction with other humans. Um, it used to be when I started out, because I'm uh, almost 50, so when I first started training, you know, we still hung films and then it evolved into what we all have now with hacks and um, power scribe, you know, all the automated dictation. And before everything was automated, we had a lot more interaction with other physicians, um, talking about cases, showing them on the view box. Um, there was a lot of labor in just hanging the films, taking them down, discussing them, presenting them. And that I enjoyed um, the camaraderie of that, of being able to serve as a consultant and be able to have meaningful conversations with people about medicine, about their patient. I felt more involved in patient care. And, um, and so I think maybe those times were more engaging, more enchanting for me. But um, I realized uh, now that I am living a different life and not working the way I was working for so long that things had really changed. And I was, um, I was in the dark about a lot of things. Not just in the dark room, hanging out with that. You know, it's so true. I remember med school, like touching films and throwing them up and like, Oh, it's backwards. And he turned it around. <laughs> there was something yeah. about that, like tangibleness of it. Yeah. And I know that, I mean, certainly the accessibility of imaging to people, you know, to physicians, to referring doctors in their offices, it makes so much more sense because you want to be able to see it yourself. You want to be able to put it in the context of what you're seeing with the patient. And most, most doctors know, you know, most referrers know the gist of what they're looking at. And then they like the radiologist to give a final read, or can you help me go show me what you're talking about? And but even those calls just became less and less as, uh, as people, all physicians got so busy and um, radiologists became short-tempered because they had a super long list to get through. And it was kind of like, why are you, you know, why are you interrupting me in the middle of my work? Because I've got to get through all these cases before in the next two hours and I'm way behind and my partner's not helping me. And, you know, just the mania of kind of that, that superseded any real um, patient care. Yeah, we all kind of got sucked into that, into just the, the busyness. You know, we kind of lost sight of the forest through the trees. But I think like anything, I mean, once you do it enough, it becomes sort of autopilot. And um, the cases, you know, I got to where it was so fueled by uh, the demand of getting things done quickly that it became really... Um, boring and frustrating to me and the, the ordinary cases and then the cases that were really detailed or quote unquote interesting then became annoying because it was going to be like oh my god how am I going to get through this quickly I don't have time to look this up I can't ask anyone else everyone's busy um, just kind of panic mm -hmm. a lot so tell me about kind of the awareness when it started shifting in you from where you're at to where you're starting to go to? So again, I feel like, and, and I've done a ton of introspection and reading and really trying to delve into what the issues were for me. Um, you know, I think, I think it's also, and again, I'm only speaking from my own experience. So 
I can only go with that. I have a lot of friends that I've kept up with from medical school that have entered different disciplines and have had different experiences. So I've really tried, I really come down to like, this was my experience. I can no longer generalize to this is what it's like to be a radiologist, or this is what it's like to be in medicine. It's really, this is what it was like for me. Um, and I think because I am a more, um, because I do get, like to engage with others and have deep dialogue and connection, um, that the mania of the of the workplace and the frenetic energy and the lack of communication with people, um, and there was a lot of competition. Uh, I thought that that would end, you know, like once you're done with sort of, I don't know, I think you ideally you get into a work situation where you have companionship with your colleagues um, and you have camaraderie. And I did not feel that. I felt a sense of competition amongst particularly my division, uh, which was all men in musculoskeletal imaging, including all the referrers were men. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be um, delineate between the sexes, but I mean, just to say that there was a personality of, of competitiveness, of um, not a lot of deep personal sharing, certainly no admission of like, I'm having a tough day. Um, how are you doing? No, no deep conversations about the challenges in the workplace. And the referrers also um, had a lot of machismo, a lot of bravado. Um, that there was just a lot of competition of who am I going to get to read this? Whose answer am I going to like? Who's going to do it fastest? Who uses the language that I like? Um, I don't really, you know, and, and I think there's those nuances in relationship take time to cultivate and practice. But though there wasn't time for that, and I didn't feel it within my group, and certainly not within my division. And so ultimately just feeling kind of like an outsider in a place where I was spending a lot of time. Yeah, that makes it hard when you're spending your waking hours at work, not evidently a place you love. And then you're thinking about like what's happening at home. At least that's where my mind travels to. Well, sure. And I had, you know, I ended up, my father's a radiologist, his brother's a radiologist, his brother's wife is a radiologist. I had a lot of people that I could see with, uh, and I, the lifestyle, not when I think of lifestyle, I don't mean the money, but I wanted to have kids and I wanted to have, um, I wanted to be able to go in, do my work and then leave it and not bring it home with me and not be thinking about Mrs. Smith at 3am, like how's she doing? And I think that's why I feel like it was a good choice for me in the sense that I was able to kind of compartmentalize and really have a wonderful family life. I, and, you know, I've been married for 25 years and I have three amazing kids and I'm really glad that I never fully drank the Kool-Aid of uh, believing that, you know, I never became a partner in my group. So I was always um, part-time and it was an employee and um, I would not get paid if I wasn't there. So if I, I typically worked three days a week, um, which, and I didn't do nights or weekends. I mean, it was a pretty sweet deal um, from that standpoint in that I had kept, I kept all of my personal life intact and we're still intact. Um, but I really had, there was a lot of disappointment because I really had hoped to make more impact uh, in my career and ultimately found that I could kind of make more impact outside of my career as a physician. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Well, tell me about the changes that you've made, you know, with the telemedicine and, or excuse me, teleradiology and all of that. Um, so once I, there were some changes that took place in my private practice group where it was kind of a nice opportunity for me to gracefully exit. Um, and I started, at, well, you know, with the advent of teleradiology, I never thought I'd be able to work from home because I've always liked, even as a student, to do my studying, my learning elsewhere and come home to relax. And so there's definitely been adjustments working from home, knowing that that technology is just in the other room across from the kitchen and it's kind of always waiting, um, but certainly provides a lot of conveniences. And now I actually work for groups that are not even in North, I live in North Carolina, um, I can kind of read cases from wherever, whenever. Um, it's extremely flexible and it's allowed me to really pursue the coaching and um, some um, work with Brene Brown's curriculum and just other things in my life that have been really, really rich. And yeah, an enchantment. Um, I just didn't realize kind of what I had been missing until I took that bold leap to leave that job. Mm, I want to hear about this. Like you just said that richness and that enchantment, like that just, I don't know, fill us in on that. Like, what is that now to you? Well, I mean, when I was contemplating leaving my job, I was terrified, right? Because um, I really had not, I didn't know what was to come, but I knew I couldn't stay where I was. Um, things were just not headed in a direction that I would be able to sustain and be able to, to justify to myself of why I was doing it. And so there was a huge leap of, I don't even know that it was faith. It was just sort of, I'm going to do this because I don't really have a choice. And I found the teleradiology job and there's tons and tons of those now. I mean, it's getting to be, the, the radiology market is saturated. Um, well, I should say undersaturated, I don't know the right term to use, but basically there's a shortage of radiologists. And so there's a lot of opportunity for, for work. Um, but the work itself is it's grueling. And so I think you have to really, I had to learn to be an advocate for myself. And, and I had actually a coach that I, that, that took my call when I called this radiology, uh, teleradiology company. And she, the first thing she said to me, so Tracy, what would be your, what would be your dream job? How would you like this job to show up for you? And I thought I was, I mean, within two minutes, I finally said, are you a therapist or a counselor or a psychologist? Like you've asked me more personal questions in these two minutes than I feel like anyone's ever asked me. And of course I was scared to tell her what I really wanted because I thought there'd be some catch to it. Like, I'd be punished for my answer or that's the wrong answer or we're not interested in you if that's how you want to work. Um, but I had just decided I was just going to show up like what I really wanted. Cause she asked me, what do I really want? And I told her, well, I want to be able to go to the gym in the morning every day. And I want to be able to be flexible. I want to have some freedom. I want to have some opportunities to pursue other, um, I, I don't want to be as rigid on the clock. Um, and I thought that was not going to be possible. And it was. And I realized that I had these, um, I could start taking the coaching courses and I could start um, having, I mean, basically meeting all these different walks of life um, 
since I was pretty burned out on medicine in general and the kind of conversations I'd been having with people about the medical world and charting, just, I was just sick of it. I was just totally disenchanted. And so getting the chance to live again and have like read books and watch movies. And I mean, my kids were older. It's not like they were still infants. I mean, now my kids are 14, 17 and 20. And it wasn't that I was, they were needing me. It was like, like, what do I do with myself when I'm not working? And um, wow. I mean, there's just so much out there. Um, And I think just learning to advocate for myself has been really exciting and learning to kind of put what I think out there and have it not be rejected by the, uh, the populace has been really nice. Um, yeah. to just kind of feel that, feel valued again for like just being who I was. Cause I think for so long, I only felt valued by my productivity and, um, that was really hard to sustain that kind of hustle, that kind of exhaustive, um, just every day getting up and, you know, every day when my alarm would go off at five, I would just moan and groan. And my husband would say, when are you going to get used to this? <laughs> when are you going to get used to that you have to work? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. So it's just, um, it's just been really a pleasure to see, you know, and I wrote this down, like, and it's kind of become my new mantra that empowerment happens when we realize that there are other options than we previously thought possible. And I think that's enchantment too, of just the mysteries that, just all the stuff about being alive that extends beyond the day-to-day grind. Yeah. Isn't it so magical when you can be at work (laughs) or you can be at home doing what you want to do and you love and everybody else is grinding. You think, I think about them back in the hospital or in the office and I'm like, gosh, this is just amazing. This is phenomenal. And it's all because you stood up and you said, this is me and this is what I want. And the opportunity came. Yeah. And I really, I think that's another piece of the enchantment is that the universe and I've never, I've always been, as people say, spiritual, not particularly religious, but I really started to see like that things were opening up for me. I really made me feel like a very strong belief in kind of the, the, in trusting the process, trusting the universe, like things, it was, it was as if, all I kept getting was positive reinforcement for making this change after so many years of just sort of the grit that it took to justify the way I was living previously um, to just be in the huge risk, financial risk. I mean, of course my finances were cut in half by making this decision, Um, but zero regrets. I mean, what I love to do, what makes me feel happiest doesn't cost very much money. Um, and I feel like that energy, that creativity that, like you said, I'll be driving down the road. And I think all the things that I missed when I was in a hurry, when I was distracted, when I didn't even know how I got from point A to point B, um, when I wasn't even participating in just the mundane activities of life, because I was just so strung out, um, all those suddenly became magical like, look at how beautiful the sky is today and listen to those birds and just really connecting with parts of me. I, I had gone to medical school so early and, it, you know, being so myopic from such a young age, like, I, you know, again, even though I was planning to do psychiatry and then made that 
change. The whole time was just very goal directed and not really ever living without that kind of constant ambition, um, but really just pausing to just appreciate what was right here and now, that presence. Mm-hmm. What was is just what is right now. And that's amazing. I love it so much. And, and I think I know the answer to this question, but would you ever go back now being on this side, on the other side of the, the fence? To medical school? To medicine? To, to the grind that you were doing, to the job, to all of that? No way. I mean, I have thought about this. Like, you could not, there's no amount of money. None. Like, and because, because in the end, I think money was the reason I was doing it. And now I realize that I can live with so much less. I mean, I think that was that kind of freedom, just that it's like emotional freedom, psychological freedom to not be attached to, to, to money. And, and I know that obviously here's me, like there's privilege in what I'm saying, because I can still work a few hours a day and make a really more than a living wage as a radiologist. So I feel, I mean, obviously there's an enormous bias in that and privilege inherent in being able to do that. And I recognize that and I'm super grateful. I feel like whatever sacrifices I made in the past are now being, I'm being rewarded for those. Mm -hmm. But I also feel like it's really wonderful to have this clarity now as my kids are entering their own careers and what they want to do to know that I don't feel this pressure for them to find that thing that they love so much because I know there's just, they, they can do their next thing. And if that doesn't work out, they can reroute. And I think if I hadn't gone through this experience myself, I would have said, oh, sure, you can change your mind, but really thought, no, 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 you can't change your mind. That's, you You need to get, like, is that really sustainable? Is that career going to be really be rewarding for you? How many people are going to want that? Like now I feel like, and it's not so much find your passion, but like, what do you want to do now? What do you want to do next? And, and go with that and be curious and see where that leads. And then if it's no longer fulfilling or curiosity is led towards something else, then, then head in that direction. Um, just so much more room, so many more options and possibilities than I ever thought were possible. Wonderful. Well, this has been such a great conversation. You have dropped so much wisdom within it. And I want you to tell all the listeners where they can hang out with you, where they can find more that you are putting out into the world and tell us a little bit about what you're doing in the, in the scope of coaching. Uh, okay. Well, I, um, I did some courses um, with integrative healthcare, integrative health um, coaching. And again, because I'm a little burned out on the medical side of things right now, I didn't really want to do so much coaching about um, weight loss, smoking cessation, things that were in the health realm. I think health is a huge part of our everyday life, obviously. And so it's going to come up in conversations, but I really was drawn more toward, um, you know, the, um, Brene Brown and her books and then found that there was a, a whole school of thought and learning her curriculum and research. And so I became a Daring Way facilitator and I lead small groups of women or individuals about um, going through the step-by-step curriculum and just having really uh, just incredible conversations with, with other people. I say women, I'm completely open to doing it with men. The opportunity just hasn't arisen yet or haven't made that happen yet. Um, And I'm 
currently in training to do coactive coactive training which is a CTI coactive training institute to be more able to coach anyone about anything and I just I'm want to be able to instill that enchantment find that thing help others find that thing that makes them feel truly alive and like I have the Atul Gawande quote on my website um, about there's just more to health than the absence of disease. You know, it's, it's about well-being. It's about why we're here. What's our reason for living and helping others find that has been really, really rewarding work. And so I do have a website. Um, it's constantly evolving, but um, it's www.fertilesoul.com. Uh, if you go to the fertile soul, you will get to an infertility site. Don't recommend that unless that's what you're looking for. You can also find me on Instagram at fertile dash, da, uh, I guess it's underscore, underscore, underscore soul, Twitter at fertile soul, and Facebook at fertile soul page. Tracy, so thank you so much for sharing your story and your journey and giving us all just a little bit of enchantment in our own life today. Tracy, you're amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your story sharing about the intimate details on how you've shifted and pivoted and now are living a more fulfilled and enchanting life. You, my friend, are a total badass. And for this kick of encouragement, I'm totally going to piggyback off of some of the thoughts that she brought up because she dropped so many of them. So in this kick of encouragement, I think it's a really important point to bring up that there is a certain amount of awareness that you look around and realize, oh my God, I've been missing out. This current life that I'm doing is yet not what I want. It's not the fulfillment I seek. And that can be a really challenging point. A lot of times that brings up feelings of being ashamed, like a failure, guilt, fear, anger. And what I want to encourage you to do is when you come to this point, when you realize that you've been missing out or that there's been maybe some way that you've kind of gone off the path for which you thought you would be on, feel those feelings. Work through those feelings. Don't just ignore them and try to do a course correct because you then you learn nothing and then you miss out on, on an experience as well. So let's first have that awareness point. And then I love these other points that she brought up. There's five of them. So the first one, show up. Decide to show up. Decide to take up space. To decide to reach out and grab for something that you want. Show up. Two, advocate for yourself. This is a big one. Step out, use your voice, and speak what you want. Advocate for what you will no longer tolerate. And be bold and emboldened by the fact that you deserve to take up space. You deserve to have what you desire. Yeah, at times that can seem a little overboard, but I know that you have been going on for years, maybe even decades, placating and playing to other people. Now is the time to advocate for you. Number three, have curiosity. 
And when I say curiosity, what I mean is just the simple action of curiousness, just looking around with new eyes and seeing things in perhaps a new light or turning it over or shifting it or seeing what it looks like under a different set of lights. Get curious. Get a beginner's mindset again. You hear that a lot in the coaching world. Essentially what that means is like put all of your beliefs and all of your thoughts and all your judgments behind and look at it as if you were a child seeing it for the very first time. Get curious. Four, what do you, what would be your dream job? Or how would you like this job that you're currently in to show up for you? I love those questions. I'm totally stealing them from Tracy because they're such good ones. How would you like this, whatever this is, maybe it's job, maybe it's life, maybe it's house, maybe it's location, maybe it's event, maybe it's experience. How do you want it to show up for you? Because guess what? No longer just taking what comes, going with the punches, going with the flow. Instead, it's time to react and make those things that for which that are around you show up for you. And last one, five, another good question Tracy brought up. What do you want to do next? So many times we get dwelling in the past. We think this is what we've always set out to do. This is what we said we're going to do. And we get stuck in that like 18-year-old mentality. But now looking at my 38-year-old self and seeing what she's going to do, that's 20 years of difference. So Instead of holding to what that 18-year-old thought of what life was going to be, hell, she didn't know what three kids was going to be like. She didn't know what working multiple jobs was going to be like. She didn't know what living and working in 2019 was going to be like. So we need to let that shit go, put it back in the past, put it in that chapter of life, and start looking to the future at those empty pages and say, okay, from this point moving forward, What do I want to do next? With all the experience that I have, with all the intelligence, with all of the knowledge now backing me up, what am I going to do next? And then walking into that purposefully. So there you go. There's those tips from our conversation today. Realize what you're missing. Show up. Advocate for yourself. Have curiosity. Dream about what this could be. And what do you want to do next? Well, friends, I am just so encouraged. I'm so elated for the amount of people who have reached out to me in the last couple of weeks telling me about how the podcast has affected their lives. I'm not going to ask for five-star reviews. I don't even want comments posted online. What I would really, really, really love for you to do, share this with a friend. Share an episode that really touched you that you were like, wow, I love that. Or maybe there was something in it that just made you laugh and giggle a little bit. Share it with a friend. That would do my heart the greatest amount of good, and I would just so appreciate that. The other thing is, too, if you are ready to get connected with other women, with other people who are engaging with me, I've decided we're doing this mastermind because I want to get all of you into one place. So it starts in January 2020. That's a little bit less than 90 days from now, and it's going to be a place where we can show up where we can work through issues, where we can have community and talk. You get coaching from me. You get a whole bunch of other great. You will get advice about life and practice and work and entrepreneurship and where you're going next. Hell, we might even have a big party at the end of it. For what I can tell, that's probably what needs to happen. But I just want to encourage you that if you are seeking to up-level 
this is going to be the place to be. I am so excited. I've been working on this project for several weeks to months now. And now that we're getting closer to the end of 2019, beginning of 2020, I just cannot wait to have this group formed and to go into 2020 with a whole new outlook, with a whole group of people who are going to do exactly what my kick of encouragement was today. Show up, advocate, be curious, and then start working on to what the next great badass things you're going to do. So check the show notes out for the mastermind. If you have any questions, email me. I'd love to jump on a call, tell you more about the benefits that you will receive from this group. And I just would love to talk to you anyway. Well, guys, As always, many thanks to my community out there for everyone who's been supporting Dr. Me First. And I just want to remind you, your life, your calling, your pulse matters. Heavy lids. One, two, three, four. You've got something to ignore.